Hello there! Brown Leader here with a quick editing note before we begin the episode. When we recorded this episode on October 20th, we did a segment in our Star Wars news where we wished a lot of people happy birthdays that week that happened to be occurring. And during the recording, we completely blanked on the fact that the next day would have been Carrie Fisher's birthday. So instead of waiting to record another episode, we decided to throw this little note in because we felt that uh, as legendary as she is in the Star Wars universe, we should acknowledge her birthday, which is October 21st. So, uh, Carrie, who's one with the Force, happy birthday, and now on with the show. So, Space 1999, huh? Yep, it was... Just did not age well. No? I mean, wow. The song aged better than the show. Ooh, I don't even know if I'd go there. <laughs> oh, totally unrelated. <laughs> totally unrelated. But, it's just it's just funny how you watched it when you were a kid and thought, oh wow, this is really cool. And you go back and watch it. I don't, I don't know how many years later, but what, 40 probably? 35, 40 years later? It is just, wow. So bad. That that show for me was the $6 million man. Ooh. I know I've, I've referred to that many times on this podcast. Uh, loved it as a kid. Did not age well. I would love to see somebody remake that and take it seriously. Not dark and brooding like all the superhero movies have to be, but make it make it fun make make the special effects realistic you know they'd have to up the budget a little bit i mean six million dollars isn't going to get you much nowadays It'd be like the six billion dollar man yeah. six trillion dollar man maybe six trillion dollar man maybe yeah. Yeah. all that's going to get you is a, a six million all that's going to get you is a couple uh prosthetics and that's about it yeah well, isn't that, you're not wrong doesn't he make the sound oh yeah but just remake the good episodes like the bigfoot episode and the venus probe episode oh wow nerd alert whoa what about the crossover oh. what about the crossover episodes with jamie summers oh jamie summers she's still smoking hot mm-hmm. come on mm-hmm Jamie, and don't don't make uh, it Jamie terrible Sum- like that r- remake of the Bionic Woman they tried, you know, what, 15 years ago? It was horrible. Wait, Jamie Summers, who, which, who is she? The Bionic Woman. Oh, Bionic Woman, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and they had a Bionic Dog, too, at one point. That's right, they did, I forgot. They did. Oh. Seriously? Seriously. Had, like, uh, Bionic implants in its, in its hind legs and it could run really fast or something. I can't remember. Oh, my goodness. I forgot all about that. It was German Shepherd, wow. wasn't it? I believe it was. Yeah, oh, I think wow. so. Oh, I wow. I, I know what I'm doing for the rest of the night. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get into this episode. All right. And welcome to the Alderaan A-Holes. This is Brown Leader signing in. Who else do we have tonight? Brown 2. Yeah, Brown 4 is here as well. All right, and we are broadcasting tonight from Habo Wabos. Habo! Featuring uh, their uh, their signature drink, the Vamga Slice. Uh, I, love how you, I love how you said Habo and all the smoke come rolling out of your mouth. That was awesome. For those of you who don't have the visual that I have, it was pretty epic. <laughs> Definitely epic. So, guys, we are on episode 20 of our 
podcast. Plenty. So, uh, one more, and we'll <coughs> legally be able to drink. So, say it's almost my age or IQ. Take your pick. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tonight, tonight we are discussing the last three episodes of Star Wars Visions, and uh, let's get right into it. Episode seven was the Elder. And uh, that was done by Studio Trigger, which this was their second episode of Star Wars Visions. They did The Twins, which we talked about a couple episodes back. And uh, stylistically, I'd say quite different, wouldn't you guys? Oh, far different. Um, I don't know about you guys, but to me, this was... uh, uh, Probably to me, this was the most Star Wars of all the episodes. I would have I, to say, storyline-wise, I would definitely agree with that. This felt like I Star can Wars get on me. that train. Yeah, give us a recap, Brown Leader. All right, so it starts off with uh, a uh, Padawan and his master. Uh, Tajin is the uh, Jedi Master, and he's actually voiced by David Harbor who is the sheriff from Stranger Things. And he was also uh, Black Widow's dad in the last in the Black Widow movie uh, that just recently became available on Disney+. Plus. Um, and then his Padawan, Dan. <laughs> I'll refrain for now. <laughs> um, who was voiced by Jordan Fisher. Um, I looked up his bio really quickly, and uh, the his first real role was the Secret Life of the American Teenager. And I guess he's done a bunch of he's done some Broadway live stuff. He's 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 done some other bits. Nothing that really stood out. But the other voice actor in this episode that definitely stands out was the Elder, who the episode is named after, and he was voiced by James Hong. So, and that name should ring a bell. He has been in Hollywood a long time. He's, he's getting up there in years by now. My favorite, one of my favorite roles of his was as the bad guy in Big Trouble from Little China. And, <laughs> yes. So The that, man has been in literally everything. He has. He has, absolutely. Um, Fun so, fact, he's actually the most credited individual on IMDb. Really? Really that is yeah i would believe it he's got like 900 credits in one form or another right right i mean it's just uh, yeah so uh it was very cool to hear his voice uh in the english dub version and basically it's about a uh master and his padawan going out to the outer rim as most of these stories take place on the outer rim and as they're flying through space uh the master has a feels a disturbance in the force but the, the, the Padawan doesn't no way. and the uh, uh, they come out of hyperspace and they decide to go to the planet Habo because it's the nearest habited planet and with um, a really kick-ass power right yes absolutely <laughs> and the uh, you can see that Dan is very eager uh, as a Padawan, he's hoping for some action. He, he was kind of excited to come out to the Outer Rim because, again, he's just really hoping for some action. And when they realize there might be 
a dark side user or something going on he's he gets you know a little more it's that that student anticipation you know and their their banter between the master and the padawan in this episode definitely i think they were going for that obi-wan and anakin feel to me in um attack of the clones and revenge of the sith you know uh where obi-wan was always the you know the patient wise one and anakin was already always ready to jump into trouble um so i think they were my impression was that maybe they were trying to capture that feel in this episode um so they go down to this planet tajin's been there several times so they go to meet with the locals they find that there's this elder uh as they describe him that showed up all of a sudden and then took off to the mountains they check out his ship it looks like a sith ship from the records uh oh and they had mentioned in the storyline of this episode that they had not there had not been any sith for several hundred years so this is a strange thing for them um the the dan i just love saying that dan wants to run <laughs> up to the mountains and uh go look for the guy and the uh patient uh, obi-wan type master is you know wants to wait by the ship so they don't miss him so of course the padawan concocts a, a, an idea that you know he should go up into the mountains and look and and the master should stay there so of course he does and uh with the help of some of a guide he goes up into the mountains he comes across a vamga which is a kind of an i, I don't know i guess kind of a giant elk type creature i guess i would kind of describe it as um dead in a field and so uh, that he could tell that it was sliced by a, a lightsaber the master's like oh man you need to get out of there right away but then of course then the elder shows up uh, how does he go oh man you gotta get out of there right away yeah oh man you gotta get out of there right away uh, <laughs> all right i'll shut up now, shut up now. <laughs> no it's all good um so the elder wants to fight the uh, padawan which of course dan is which of course he's already eager to do and see every uh, time you say that db rolls his eyes i know (laughs) (laughs) keeping quiet and so um they face off but the elder quickly realizes that he's not quite the force user that he detected which you know he obviously detected to but uh, they duke it out for, you know, they, they go back and forth for a moment, but obviously this Sith Elder is uh, much stronger, more experienced, ends up cutting down Dan. And uh, the... Uh, <laughs> oh, he refrained this time. Yeah, I know, right? I was looking too. The uh, uh, Master hustles on up the mountain, gets up there as fast as he can to face the Elder, and they duke it out and uh, during the fight it's going back and forth the elder starts getting some force lightning going um, and then to distract him Dan who's still actually alive throws his lightsaber (laughs) at the fight (laughs) and uh, distracts him and then I actually did really like how how he kills the elder was pretty dope spoiler warning obviously by this point um but I thought that was pretty cool that using the distraction to shift over, turn off his lightsaber, and then put it right against the elder's chest and then turn it on. And that was a pretty cool, to me, a pretty cool visual. Um, so they defeat the elder, uh, but then 
the elder blows up his ship before he completely dies and uh, comes to a kind of a happy conclusion. Uh, Dan makes a speedy recovery from a lightsaber slice. And, <laughs> that was a quick recovery. Uh, I know, right? Wasn't it? Damn it, so, Dan. Damn it, Dan. <laughs> so then they agree, of course, that they're going to have to continue to look into this. And Dan goes to say goodbye to his friends that he's made at the village because uh, the people on this planet are really shy or something like that. So uh, that's pretty much the episode in a nutshell. Uh, what you guys? What you guys think? DB, you're up. Oh, I get first crack oh, at this yes. one? Absolutely. Yes. Um, total agreement. This was a very Star Wars story. And it did take me a minute to realize, oh, this is hundred years, hundreds of years pre-Phantom Menace. There's no Sith. Um, you know, and they're just doing a routine patrol. This is kind of what you expect the boredom of the Jedi and the complacency of the Jedi that we've discussed before. Kind of, kind of felt like that. And I felt the same way the banter felt like Obi-Wan and Anakin. Or even more so, I felt like Dan. Um, <laughs> Dan. Dan. I felt he had a lot of Luke Skywalker quality, and he just wanted adventure and excitement. Oh, that's a good point. You know? Um, but, yeah, okay, here, here's the thorn. You got all these cool people with cool names like Tajin and the mysterious Elder who is really unnamed. And then Dan. <laughs> you know, like he should be hosting Blue's Clues or something. <laughs> Nothing against anybody named Dan. <laughs> Oh, man. But uh, I can only hope that... Because they never call him Daniel, so you can't assume it's the Christian name Daniel. Right. Uh, I can only hope that in Japanese, Dan means, like, impetuous youth or something. Right. Because <laughs> you got these cool names, and there's just very bland, Dan. straightforward American name. Dan. Dan. Hey, yo. What's up, Dan? So, but, you know, I did like the character, and I did like his, uh, you know, eagerness for excitement and that that eventually you know gets him hurt um and it just it really to me was a study in the the jedi padawan relationship and i did like how when they finally dispatched with the elder he turned to rock or it just kind of disintegrated kind of the opposite of what the jedi do where they become these magnificent spirits he became cold and lifeless and right. crumbled I kind, of, I kind of dug that aspect of it. So, you know, I, I enjoyed, I did enjoy the episode, yeah. So go ahead, Scruffy. All right. I got that off my chest. Oh, uh, like DB, I was like, <laughs> Dan, really? And it cracked me up because it reminded me of a comedian. I don't remember the name of the comedian, but he does this whole 10-minute rant about uh, Lord of the Rings. I know everybody's got weird names like Frodo and... Aragon. Smeagol. Yep. Sam. Got Sam. So he, he's, uh, I just did picture, picture this kid out in the playground getting beat up. What kind of stupid name is Sam? <laughs> what kind of dumb name is Sam? Get him, Smeagol. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, anyway. But, but, right, my, my, my rant is also over. Um, I really liked it, for the most part. And it actually it, um, turned out to be uh, a tie for the number one, my number one favorite out of the whole nine uh it felt more like the prequels um like brown later said that bantering between the master and padawan it had a very prequel look to it with the robes the more jedi looking robes 
I just I, I liked it just because it just felt more Star Wars to me. This felt this is another one that felt like, hey, I'd like to see more of what these yeah. guys do. Yeah. It almost like it, yeah, maybe oh, this could this could be a prequel. Yeah, I mean you could almost see this story folding into the prequel <coughs> area era. You know, where they lay some Right. They just maybe they discover some uh hidden Sith, you know conclave or something somewhere and they actually come to a tragic end in order for the Sith the end comes to a tragic end Um, (laughs) but yeah um, you think maybe Dan and Ethan are cousins (laughs) (laughs) oh you know what there's a whole story in itself Dan, Ethan, and Jay oh yeah. Okay. Uh, kind of sounds yeah, like sounds an Ivy League. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, it's Intergalactic Three uh, Musketeers. Polo or little lacrosse. 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 Yeah. yeah. Sounds lacrosse. like an Ivy League lacrosse team or something. I would have just gone with boy band. <laughs> <laughs> well, there. unfortunately, the first time I heard him called, the first time I realized his name was Dan, all I could think of was Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. You ain't got no legs, <laughs> Lieutenant <can't> Dan. <laughs> So, of course, I had to rewatch it a second time trying to remove that image from my head. Right. Um, I like the animation, you know. Uh, I like the style. I've seen that style before. Um, the uh, second time I watched it, again, I watched it with headphones, and the music actually is really good in it. Um, sound effects are really good. Um, I do recommend, you know, if you guys go through a second watching, do it on a device where you can wear headphones. Um well, there's a few I think I'm gonna to have to skip that for. It, it brings it brings out a lot more detail. It really does, which is kind of cool. Um, always love hearing those Lucas Lucasfilm sound effects. Um, and I was amazed that they also did the um, the twins, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just very different. Yes. For, whereas I really didn't care for the twins. I I really did like this one, except for Dan. Dan. Yeah, I, I the... you know it, it it had different writers though, which it, it's a big thing. It's it, the, the writing is where the creativity starts. You got to have that story, um, and but and, and I don't dare try to pronounce those Japanese names because they're far more complex than Dan. So, <laughs> well, you know, it's somebody else's you know interpretation of uh, of the galaxy far, far away. See, I didn't and, mind the story of the twins. It was the animation in that. Uh, we can now breathe in outer space stuff and but the droid can't well, but the droid can't yeah but the droid can't yeah <laughs> yeah but that all that all spawned from the writer they could have done the same things without it having been an outer space battle without yeah but again you any protection anime is so diverse you know and you have all the kind of different subgenres inside of anime you know and the twins that was a style that is very over the top uh, Dragon Ball Z is very over the top, you know. Um, there's a there's a portion of the right. anime fan base that enjoys that, you know. Um, whereas, you know, we're we are more prone to stories like this, uh, the duel, you know, things like that. So, uh, you know, just different storytelling telling techniques and styles. Um, not for everyone, but the fact is, we got to see quite. 
overall out of nine episodes i think we saw a real great diverse you know just how big anime actually is in terms of its style of uh storytelling um any other thoughts on dan dan and his master dan? before we move on to the next one <laughs> nope i'm over dan yeah no thoughts i i enjoyed this episode and yeah yeah i did too and it's definitely up there and it's ranking for me um, all right, episode eight, which was Lop and Ocho, <laughs> and uh, you mean Jax and Ocho? No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Do not lump Jackson and Lop together. They're from the same um, planet, same species. <clears throat> not even remotely. They're talking rabbits, man. Come on. Give us the synopsis, and then I'll, I'll give you a piece of my mind. All right, all right. I can't wait. So this was done by Gino Studio, which is one we haven't, a studio we haven't seen yet. Um, I looked in their catalog really quick. I really didn't see much that I recognized. They're a newer studio. They've only been around since 2015. But one of their titles definitely did catch my eye, which, of course, I have to share. Uh, they did a anime called Genocidal Organ. And... Uh, not exactly sure what it's about something about a post-apocalyptic uh, tokyo or japan after a nuclear holocaust or something but yeah uh, i'm leaving uh, that one alone <laughs> don't play uh, with the organ scruff it, it in uh <laughs> in this episode lop and ocho it's uh it takes place on the planet dow and you've got kind of three main characters you've got lop ocho and yasaburo Yasaburo, and it's uh, uh, they did capture the essence of one of Star Wars core tenants, which Lop is a uh, orphan. Uh, so they definitely latched onto that aspect, and uh, she's of a race of uh, bunny people, and taken prisoner by the Empire, and put into servitude. And they're on the planet Dao, and she manages to escape and is rescued by Ocho uh, and Yasaburo, who, who is her father. And they take her in and kind of raise her as a daughter with Ocho. They become like sisters. And Yasaburo is a, a Yakuza boss in this. And uh, the planet has been, uh, you know, taken... Uh, it's slowly becoming subjugated by the empire as they do when they move on to planets you know they take their time for just like we saw in uh, bad batch with ryloth you know they kind of move in they start setting up shop you know they they play nice at first and they just start taking more and more and more control over this and uh then there's a time jump because ocho's a little girl so is lop and so now it comes to kind of, I guess, quote unquote, present day, and they're much older. And the Yakuza groups are really kind of they're they're kind of filling the role of the rebels uh, on this planet, and you know, trying to thwart the Empire as much as they can. And the girls are older, and you start to see a division. Um, Ocho doesn't want to fight anymore, and she feels that. The progress and the change that the Empire is bringing to the planet is worth it, and it's actually bringing 
it's making the planet better so she wants to stop the fighting and you know work for the empire uh, whereas her father doesn't he is uh, very staunch adamant against the empire even though they've brought all this technology to the planet and that leads to a division and then Ocho actually takes off and she, she joins the Empire. Lop stays behind uh, with Yasaburo. Um, they go back to their compound or whatever and he decides to give her the family lightsaber. And did you notice the design on the lightsaber? It kind of had a uh, oh, fulcrum resemblance the fulcrum logo oh. uh, it, it kind of slightly resembled that and that was something I was going to mention about ninth Jedi and I forgot last episode that the Margraves logo on that lightsaber also kind of not exactly the same but there was definitely some similarities with the fulcrum logo um, no, you, from know, Rebels. you know I missed that yeah. I didn't catch that either I'd go back and watch and so he's going to go try to go get his daughter one more time, leaves Lot behind after he kind of gives her the inheritance of the lightsaber. And uh, they head off to try to, you know, get Ocho back and, and sneak on to the Empire uh, base or Star Destroyer or something. And there's some big massive explosion. I had read somewhere, oh, geez, a couple weeks ago, the ship that he takes to go over there um, was the same kind used in something else and I'm completely blanking oh it was I think it was a concept oh I think it was a concept design for a ship in the rise of Skywalker and uh, it might even be seen briefly uh, in the background of the final battle at the end um, but I think the artist or something had put something on Twitter uh, a week or so ago. Um, she goes to try to help. Lop does, and uh, without without the power of Jackson, and she uh, heads into the base, and uh, they kind of have that classic sisters on op- you know siblings on opposite sides of the, the the war, and they duke it out, and you know of course Lop doesn't want to kill. You know who she saw as her sister growing up. Um, Ocho by this time is full-fledged, you know, Empire wearing the garb and everything. They duke it out. Um, now I haven't seen this again since the first time I watched it several weeks ago. And I'm trying to remember. Does the father pass away? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And, I I uh, have a hard time focusing on that one because of the rabbit. <laughs> So in the end, the sister escapes. Um, you know, she now resents uh, Lop even more because Lop has the the family sword, and uh, but of course, you know, and Lop, yeah. you get the feeling that she wants to save. Uh, she wants to save her sister, of course, and she'll do whatever it takes to save her sister from the Empire. And that's kind of how the the episode ends, uh, from what I recall. So. Uh, yeah, what you guys? So, what you guys think? So, for the audience out there who can't see us, uh, every time I make a Jackson reference, uh, <laughs> DB rolls his eyes because he's a huge Jacks fan, and I think it's just a little absurd. But um, anyway, uh, 
Oh, no, I don't think you can hold it in much longer. Go ahead, DB. Oh, no, no. no, no. I, I'm getting you a life-size Jackson for Christmas. That's all I got to say. You will appreciate the green rabbit. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'll appreciate it, but uh, he will let Cole stand in the corner of the room for sure. I love I the opening shot in this one with the Star Destroyer and all that. Um, yes. I had a very New Hope feel. You know, the troops resembled, you know, the actual stormtroopers. I even like the theme, you know, they, he said, uh, family is not blood. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I really, I really like that. Um, mostly because, anyway, well, you guys know, you guys know me and my family, so you know, family is not blood. Um, <laughs> I was freaked out when she killed the droid. That kind of broke my heart a little bit there when she killed Jackson's droid. That really kind of yes. bummed me out. Yes. But, you know, I really, I really enjoyed the theme of, of the feel of it. Just could not get past the Jackson clan there. Come on, DB. I know you want. I know you want to spew hatred here. <laughs> no, no. I, I actually really enjoyed this. Well, of episode. course you did. It's got a rabbit in it. Um, no, no. <laughs> my my first thought is, in an infinite galaxy of possibilities, you made her a freaking bunny. You know, Jackson's a badass rabbit. He's green. He's six feet tall. But Lop is a cute little bunny. No. 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 Distant cousins at best. But you know, <laughs> so many species. She, she, she didn't have to be a freaking bunny. He's totally ignoring what you just said, dude. I am totally ignoring that. <laughs> totally, what you said. that's okay. I, that is such a bad pun. I'm not yeah. even going to dignify it, which I've already done. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I, I thought this was another one very rooted in Japanese tradition of family. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they made specific mention of. <laughs> Go ahead, bring it on, Scruff. Look, even more bunnies in Star Wars. Chantus of the Star. I, I'm holding what up. A, uh, I'm what, holding up episode. What comic er, book is that? Number seventy-seven. Don't tell me that's where the Hoojibs came in. Y- yeah, that's the Hoojibs. Oh no yeah. no no no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm done interrupting. I'll behave. No no, Hoojibs are another derivative of bunnies. Um, no, I, I like the story, and I like I like the whole concept of families more than blood, and very Japanese in that. Here's this planet that you know they, they were conned by by the Empire. You know, the Empire comes in, makes nice. Hey, we're going to give you a few nice things until they basically take over and industrialize everything. And it kind of, and I'm I'm certainly no expert on Far East history, but. It kind of made me think of the end of the Second World War, where we basically Americanized Japan. You know, they were a pretty agrarian society, and we came in and gave them all this technology and rebuilt everything that we had destroyed over there. I can see that real-life history having roots in this episode, because, I mean, there was obviously the division between Yasaburo and... and, um, Ocho, which I can't get past her name either, because I just think of her as eight. Spanish eight, mm. but um, you know he he wants to keep things 
the way they've always been and she's like hey you know bring on the technology can only make us better and you can just see the subtle divisions within family I mean these are realistic things yep. um, but I was struck by the first time she came out wearing the imperial tunic you know with the insignias on it mm -hmm. um, you know when she cut off her hair to signify hey I'm becoming someone else and the end of the episode I mean it was almost a tearjerker when that little hologram plays of when they were kids and um, she says, hey, we're going to be a real family, you oh, know? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. I mean, that was a real tug at the, the heartstrings there. I thought, and because this is one of those episodes that really ended on a downer, mm -hmm. you know? There was no happy resolution like Astro Boy or any of the, some of the other ones. <laughs> so, and, you know, I think that might be what attracted me to this episode because it wasn't clean and tidy. And I sometimes like that. Right. End of my analysis. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you there. And that's a really good uh, good point, the, the correlation of history. Because um, actually, you know, and the Americans were kind of doing that prior to World War One, Or, yeah, actually prior to World War One, we were going in and starting to kind of, uh, there was uh, the end of the feudal era of Japan there was a lot of mixed mixed emotions and um, uh, the, the society became very divided because you know we started uh, I think it was kind of I want to say post World War two or post Civil War actually and you started seeing you know we were trying to generate income as a nation <laughs> and uh, you know, selling weapons and arms and things to other countries, and and uh, there was a segment of the Japanese population that was enthralled by you know the foreigners and all this stuff, and then you had those that weren't. They wanted to retain you know the traditional ways, and so yeah, Japan kind of has a history of that, and uh, so that's that's a really good. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a really good good correlation. Um, like the animation, like the style. Um, looking forward to going back and re-watching this one um, again I, I it was also kind of up there for me as well um, I kind of really liked the episode uh, you know in that that sense of story and everything and yeah not not having a happy ending was a nice change you know to uh, a lot of the other stories uh, you know if Dan had been in this one he would have died so <laughs> yeah, but he probably would have been a bunny too. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Uh, any final thoughts, or we'll move on to the last one. Oh, I got I got, I got my rabbit. I got my rabbit bashing <laughs> right. on right. me. You know. All right. Jackson episode... is the only rabbit in the Star Wars universe. Let's just <laughs> let it go. Uh, and you better be nine. in the next episode. <laughs> episode 9 uh, of Visions, the final episode in the series, was called uh, Akakiri. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. This was Any idea what it means? No, that I do not. I was hoping it had some significance. Uh, no. Um, studio that did it was Science Saru, which was the same studio that did our favorite 2B1. And... Again, you can definitely see the stylistic differences. Um, 
there were several uh oh okay oh. so what? yeah go ahead uh wikipedia akakiri is japanese meaning red haze no i don't know oh. what that's got to do with anything but um i just pulled it up on wikipedia and found that maybe his, vis his kind of flashback visions and the, the the ending of the story really yeah See, that enhances the story for me, knowing what that word means. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the voice, the, the English dub, the voice acting in this was definitely, uh, had some names of note. Uh, you kind of had five main characters. You had uh, Tsubaki, the Jedi, uh, who was voiced by Henry Golding. Uh, he's an Asian, uh, American Asian actor. Uh, I guess he's really well known for Crazy, w Crazy Rich Asians, which I know was a big movie a couple years back. Um, and then he was also Snake Eyes in the latest uh, really bad G.I. Joe prequel remake <laughs> movie that they did. Um, oh, it wasn't that they... bad. Oh, I haven't seen it, but it just looks bad from the trailers. Oh. And I'm a huge Snake Eyes fan, like huge Snake Eyes fan, so... <laughs> Then you had uh, uh, Princess Misa, and uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> that's all I could think of. Mm -hmm. um, she has a ton of credits, uh, and I did not write down her name. Why did I not write that down? Uh, but the actress that plays the voice actress uh, has a ton of credits. I oh, I think she started on uh, Real World of all things, and uh, but then moved on into uh, other actual acting gigs. Um, then you've got Masago, who which was the Sith Lord at the end, Lorraine Toussaint, and um, she had a notable role in Selma, but what I remember her from is she played the character Almond Joy in Hudson Hawk. Oh, and that's going I, back a few years. Holy yeah, crap. quite a few years. So kind of an underrated movie, I think. Uh, I always enjoyed Hudson Hawk. Um and then you had the two, and here is another, uh, definitely, well, it's not just a Japanese trope, but it definitely is a trope we've seen in quite a few things, uh, in anime, Japanese films, um, and then you kind of get them in the Westerns sometimes, you got the two kind of goofy sidekick characters, um, you know, even in, remember in Mando? Uh, season one where he goes with uh, Baby Yoda to hide on that agricultural planet and he gets hired to kind of help rid the raiders and it's the two bumbling guys that come to hire him oh yes and, yeah so there, uh, Kurosawa films had them um, you see them in anime it's, it's kind of a, a character trope uh, but yeah well, it's, I think they were the inspiration for R2 and 3PO originally yes. were they not yes 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 absolutely um, and they were Kamahachi was one of them, and he is voiced by Kion Young, uh, who was the voice actor of Sato from Rebels. Oh, oh cool. yeah. Yeah, and he's got quite the credentials on his IMDb page as well, but that's the, the one that we would know him from right away. And the other voice was Mr. George Takai. Uh, in this episode. Happy to see um, him back in the universe. Yeah. So, uh, 
quick synopsis. Uh, it opens. I like the opening uh, with the B wing coming into the atmosphere in flames. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, crash lands with uh, the Jedi getting out, bailing out, and he gets surrounded by some. You know, they look like I don't know, kind of like raiders or somebody. You know, kind of some sort of generic bandits. Uh, does struggle with them, but then he gets rescued uh, by Princess Misa and uh, Kamahachi <laughs> and Senshu, the, the two two guys, the guides. And he's come back to because the the ruler of this planet has been. Um, uh, He's, he's lost his throne and to a Sith Lord. So the Jedi has some history with them, has some history with the princess, kind of slight uh, Obi-Wan and Satine vibes there, um, I thought. And uh, he wants to come help kind of get rid of the Sith Lord and, you know, give the planet back to the quote-unquote good guys. So they do their journey in to the city they have to go through the, the death pass in the mountains. Uh, they have to sneak in. Um, then they get to the palace. Um, with the, the princess gets kidnapped uh, along the way. and uh, But he gets into the palace, uh, fights. Uh, but he, he's prone to these visions that cripple him, these flashbacks. And so he's losing the battle. Uh, but he's still fighting and fighting, and he strikes down one guard, which happens to be uh, Princess Misa. Uh, 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 you know, gagged so she can't talk and hidden behind inside guard armor. And so then he's got the whole, oh my god, I just struck down the princess, you know, uh, thing going on. And uh, the Sith Lord offers him a, uh, a hand to heal her, but the price is he has to give himself over to the Sith Lord. And uh, much to her dismay, after she finds out, he accepts and they heal her. And, uh, and then he leaves with the Sith Lord. And it was a very, I don't know about you guys, but it was a very odd episode. Um, and I was a little surprised by the ending. Um, not disappointed, but a little surprised. And uh, yeah, what'd you guys think? Uh, I had a hard time with this one again. Uh, I love the B-wing at the beginning, the cra the crash landing there. I thought that was pretty pretty awesome. I hated the music. I the music was very different in this. Very movie. different. I mean, a lot was, of percussion was, and not much else. I mean, did the Ewoks make this? I kept I kept, <laughs> I kept expecting to hear yep, Yub Nub. Yub Nub here. Exactly. And then right at the beginning, I'm like. Is this Star Wars, or am I watching a, a crossover between Planet of the Apes and Thunder of the Barbarian? It just, <laughs> kind of felt, it just felt very weird. Oh. And then at the 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 the, the Sith at the end, uh, you guys need to watch at least a certain portion of Medea Goes to Jail. There's an actress in there that plays a character uh, called Big Sal. Her name is Robin Coleman. I hope she's not listening to this because uh, she would, she could definitely kick my ass. But that <laughs> character at the end, that Sith Lord, is like D. Snyder and Big Sal had a love child. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I could not get past that. I'm like, what the hell's that? Oh my god! But beyond that, 
I did like that, you know, I do like movies and stories that don't necessarily have a happy ending. And, you know, this is one right. of those ones like, uh, like The Elder, or, uh, you know, like Lapin, Lapin Ocho. Just, it ended on a very not so happy note. Well, that's real life. That's what I like about And that's what I do love about endings. it. Not all the good guys live, and not everything, there's not a happy ending all the time. So, so, all right. So there's my there's my take on. Uh, I'll keep... well, I definitely have my homework now. I got to look this up. Which Medea movie was that? Medea goes to jail. Medea goes to jail. Yeah, and actually look up the uh, the prison the prison or the jail scene there. I am so. And you'll see a character called Big Sal. Now, see, I, I I saw the Sith in this. When I saw her, I saw Ursula from Little Mermaid. That's what I saw. Okay, I can see, I can see that. Okay. <laughs> so you know, two totally different <laughs> visions, different perspectives. This this one was an odd episode. I think odd. You had it nailed down with that word, um, because there were some things I really liked and some other things that I went, huh? Why are we crashing the ship so far from the palace? You know, right. why do we have to make this long journey? I know they they gave some exposition on that, but. I hate to say it, but the sidekick characters annoyed the daylights out of me. See, I didn't mind them uh, so much, surprisingly. They were just, they were over the top goofy to me. And I understand their purpose, you know, within the episode, but they, they were goofy. Um, and I did also see the Obi-Wan Satine connection there with, with Tsubaki and the princess. Um... Mm. It's somewhere on the scale between Obi-Wan and Satine and, say, Anakin and Padme. You know, where do we draw the line on this? Um, right. And the instant the battle in the palace started, and spoiler alert if you didn't listen to the synopsis, I, I saw what was going to happen the instant that battle started. I just knew he was going to strike her down, and then she comes staggering out, and there it comes, and... But it incorporated some neat things, you know, like we saw in both uh, Mando and uh, Rise of Skywalker, you know, with the healing powers of the Force and yada yada. Um, I'm getting an odd look from Scruffy. What you got it, there, Scruffy? It, it just hit me. The odd, the side character, the, the, the two characters there. Yeah. It reminded me of Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That's <laughs> it. You are so right. Yes. Okay, even you even the, 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 you the physical shapes. Yes. Yep. Right. Oh right. my you know gosh. What? I'm gonna have to tell Brownie one about that because he loves Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, and, I love Ed, Ed, Eddie. That, that show cracks and, me up. The only thing they were missing was Plank. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness. You are so right. Maybe that's what annoyed me about him. I don't know. They could have just name them Ed, Ed, and Eddie. See, that's why I didn't mind them so much because they because uh, they reminded me of Ed and Ed. But this one, yeah, it, this I would put this in the middle of the pack of my favorites. Um, you know, not the top, not the bottom, because it had elements I, do, I really did like. Um, so, And it had the coolest name of all the characters, Subaki. Subaki. You know, hey, if I have another kid, his name's going to be Subaki. But yeah, beyond that, it, <laughs> at this point in life. But, uh, yeah, I'm call your wife. Maybe the next dog. Oh, that's 
Subaki. The next dog would be Subaki. Subaki. Yep. So. That's funny. There was no That's my We didn't. What's that? And there was no Dan. No well, you know, you know, here's what we need. We need episode 10 where where the evil Sith woman and Tsubaki hunt down Dan and Ethan. Okay? <laughs> That's what the next episode needs to be right there. Yes. Disney, oh, are you perfect. listening? Are, are you guys listening? <laughs> that is perfect. That is epic. Perfect. Well, well, well your, what are your thoughts there, Brown Leader? You can give us your analysis. Yeah, well, yeah, I, like I said, I, the episode just kind of hit me as odd and it just like you said it's kind of in the middle of the pack there overall for me i again i did enjoy the fact that it wasn't a happy ending i did like that little turn at the end um the animation style and the music was okay you know um like you guys were saying yeah, the, you listen to the uh, yub nub every time for you go, every night before you go to bed so <laughs> well brushing my teeth um <laughs> the uh, uh, the premise, yeah, I mean, it was just um, something, too, of it, for some reason, reminded me a little bit of Samurai Jack, and I don't know why. Uh, maybe it was the, maybe it was the, uh, I don't know, stoic nature of the, of Tsubaki or, or what it was. But, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I, it's not my favorite. But it's definitely better than ha almost half of them, you know. Um, I would be interested to know what happens afterwards. It, it did leave me wondering, you know, where are they going to go with that? Well, there was a, there was that, that was a nice thread because obviously he he's infatuated or in love with a princess, and he would do anything to save her. But becoming a Sith, what is the downside of that? You know, how many people did he kill later on? We don't know. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. So, and uh, your actress there, Scruffy, was, uh, I see what you're talking about. I see the picture of her. Uh, and uh, it says that Robin Coleman actually started her career as an American gladiator. Yeah, that's why I said I hope she's not listening to this. Because um, oh. she can kick my ass. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, it was, you know. Oh, um, yes, go on to YouTube and just type in Robin Coleman, uh, Medea goes to jail. You'll get right to the scene. <laughs> you can see the similarities I'm talking about. All right, we'll do that. We'll do that after the episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, I would just have to say odd, I think. The, the episode was odd. And um, for things I liked and things I didn't that were just kind of meh overall to me. I, I, nothing I didn't really dislike. The guys, the, the two guys, you know, the that trope, I was okay with that. Um, you know, uh, I've seen it, you know, several times. So, uh, you know, there were parts that had kind of a little bit of a Kurosawa feel to it and uh, uh, to the episode. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was just okay. Just okay. So, not bad, just okay. Um, Has right, Disney so made that, any commitment to uh, doing another series of these? Not that I've heard of, not, not that I've seen. Because I think season, it says season one when you start looking into the uh, the episodes. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing yeah. more. I mean, I mean, every, every one of them had something I liked. 
So, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing more of it. Yeah, you know, I, I think I started off our, our <coughs> series of reviews a few episodes ago by saying anime is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't go out of my way for it, but overall I did enjoy these. You know, even the ones that didn't feel like Star Wars, I found something there. You mean like a talking rabbit? Nothing wrong with talking rabbit as long as they're tall and green and named Jackson. <laughs> or not. Man, Halloween's coming up. I am going as Jackson. That's all there is to it. There we go. All right, so something we discussed back in the first review episode uh, was uh, we'd like to kind of re-rank the series. You know, what did, what did we think were the best episodes? What did we think were the worst episodes? Um, before we get into that, I will say I wanted to point uh, – I've been reading that uh, Ronin book, and I got to go back and watch the duel. And in there, I thought it was just stylistic for the animation, but you see like this line around his jawline and going up, you know, towards the temples, and that's actually a prosthetic. Uh, it's a metal band. Uh, he like had to have his jaw reconstructed or something. They've only lightly alluded to why in the. Sh- book so far they haven't gone into too much detail about it but they mentioned that that's actually like a prosthetic piece on his face which i thought was kind of cool oh that is cool Uh, yeah i see a picture of it right now yeah i'm looking at a picture as well and i did not catch it i thought it was just the animation yeah i thought it was just stylistic of the animation and uh but yeah i'm about 14 chapters into the book i think now so uh digging it so far um, it's been a little bit, definitely been a little bit of a challenge to grasp, you know, to read this Star Wars book. But the universe, uh, the universe is definitely different because it's not the same clean-cut Sith and Jedi like we're used to. Uh, instead, the Jedi, it's, it's almost like a Japanese culture thing, obviously, and um, where there's clans. And it's almost like the Jedi or the Samurai, where they're they work for clans, and uh, there are people that actually despise them for that. So, and that the, that and it's actually part of. And then they call it the Empire. You know, the clans work for the Empire or something like that. So, again, still kind of getting into it, and it's definitely been a challenge to me to kind of read this and process it because you know automatically my mind wants to go back to canon, but. Um, but yeah, that little tidbit. Um, all right, so uh, I know I've got my list written out, um, but I guess let's start with. Uh, do you guys want to start with the top three or the bottom three? Top three. Top three. All right. So, uh, how would you guys rank your top three out of the nine? Go for it, DB. Oh, why do I gotta go first? <laughs> Because I already know Lop's number one, and because it's a it's a rabbit talking rabbit. No, Lop is so good; she's number zero. Okay, no. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you know what? Honestly, Lop, Lop didn't speed. even a- end up in my top three. Whatever. <laughs> I, I I'm deadly serious, and you guys have every right to disagree because I don't think we're I don't think all of us are going to agree on these. So uh, coming in third, I like the elder. For all the reasons we've discussed, it felt Star Wars. 
my second place is the duel. I expect you both to rank that number one. Um, <laughs> because the duel had a whole different feeling of suspense to it. And I, I, I dug the animation on this and the style with it being black and white, except for, you know, splotches of red here and there. Uh, and it was my first, you know, it was episode one. It was the first foray into this type, so I enjoyed it. But my number one is um, actually the Ninth Jedi, because I think it has the most Star Wars potential. It could, it has the feeling like it could be canon. It could launch its own series, and um, you know, Ethan. <laughs> it's, it's Ethan, dude. It's e Ethan. Ethan and Ethan and his poncho. And his poncho. Come on, Luke wore a poncho in deleted scenes. Oh wait, they were deleted for a reason. Never mind. Uh -huh. That's my top three. So Scruffy, what you got? Uh, you know, number three, the nice jet, the nice Jedi. Same thing. I thought it, it had a really good story plot to it. Um, yeah, I could make fun of a lot of different things on it, but generally, generally, I really enjoyed it. it had a great plot to it. And it's a tie between the uh, number one spot. I could not pick a favorite, no matter how hard I tried. So it's a tie between the duel and the elder. I enjoyed them both equally for very different reasons. The duel had a very much darker feel to it. And I, I just enjoyed a more grittier, darker theme to it. And the elder just felt more, felt more like Star Wars. And Excellent choices, because they're the cause, same three I picked. And because it had Dan. <laughs> and Dan. Dan. Dan, you know. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan in it. Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> um, so for number three for me, I would have to go with uh, probably the... I was real torn between two and three, actually, because uh, they were really close. And I, I guess in the end, I'd have to go with the Elder uh, for number three. Um, again, you know, it had that Star Wars feel like we've talked about. I mean, we've covered all those highlights. Number two, I would put the Ninth Jedi. Uh, I think because it's the uh, second most... It's the, it's the second story that I really want to see what happens afterwards. You know, my second favorite story. I want to see what happens now. And I want to see more of this universe. Like you said, DB, uh, of any of them, this could be the most canon of, of them. Um, and that feel, you know, why? When does this take place? Why do the Jedi not know how to make lightsabers, you know? Um, but yet the Sith are still a known presence in the universe so I, I i'm intrigued by the story um and then number one just because i'm a sucker for the man the mysterious stranger with no <laughs> name uh i i love that trope uh it's one of my favorite all-time tropes uh the duel and um uh definitely my my number one um yeah <coughs> So we all picked the same top three, just not in the same same yeah. order. Yeah, and I, I I have to say, Lop and Ocho is my number four. Uh, Lop and Ocho is my number four as well. Yep. So. Because it's, it's got a talking rabbit, right? Story. Talking rabbit, whatever. I am so I I am buying you a talking rabbit for Christmas. That's story, what I'm doing. story, story in the animation. Mm-hmm. So. 
you know, the story's the basis for everything for me. And it did yeah. have a strong story. If Lapinocho, I could see this as this is this is Luke and Leia had Luke gone bad. You know? Okay. I, I can see, see that as a genesis. Sister. <laughs> I'm gonna stick the who jibs on you now. <laughs> <laughs> they were telepathic rabbits. That makes it yeah, even yeah. better. Alright, so uh bottom three. Yeah. I went first last time. Alright. Uh bottom three. Okay, so uh Akakiri, number seven. Tatooine Rhapsody, number eight. And just because it was so terrible, 2B1, number nine. It was, wow. I got, I got no words in that one. I don't, like I said, there's something I liked about every one of them. And something, you know, some things I just appreciated. But the, uh, I want to be a real boy. How, say it again, Brown Eater. <laughs> I want to be a real boy. Yep, there you go. Yeah, I, I know. And, and you know, we, we joke and we jest about it. And I'm not saying that these are, like, trash episodes, what I'm just saying. You know, these are, honestly, if ranking them out of nine, you know, these are just our least favorite episodes. So, DB, how about you? You know, I'm torn because it's so easy to poke holes at Tatooine Rhapsody. Just because it's so goofy and out there. But I'm actually going to put The Village Bride as my number seven. Ooh. And it's only because of the things we talked about in our last podcast. Oh my god, the pacing was horrifically slow. It just it took forever to get to anything happening in that one for me. But she it had was, Gundam shoes. Gundam. Did she do Gundam style? <laughs> Gundam style. Gundam shoes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I forgot about four, four and five. So yeah, the the twins was number four, and the Village Bride was number five for me. Yeah, it, it, the Village Bride was beautifully animated. It just oh, it, it took too long to get there. Um, my number eight was the twins again. For all the reasons we've discussed, it was just over the top for me. It didn't feel like Star Wars to me. Had great potential. I liked the idea of these Sith born out of a you know a big experiment, and they've got the dual star destroyer, super weapon of the week, and then <laughs> super yeah. weapon of the week, and then they start doing all this goofy stuff in outer space, you know. And honestly, that's what killed Last Jedi for me was when Leia was flying through space. This was a whole episode Le- leah poppins uh-huh. leah poppins i kept and expecting I... I kept expecting dexter to pop out and say Didi, what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> come back inside <laughs> and i don't think i need to tell you what my least favorite episode was um but if there's any question astro boy made me want to voluntarily be a contestant on squid game okay (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say Uh, um so yeah so seven for me was tattoo and rhapsody um i liked you know the animation was great for the most part uh the sound was really good but yeah it just was a little too and I, I, I am going to go back and watch it with the Japanese singing and see if that flows a little better, like you mentioned. Um, I just haven't had the time. 
the Twins for me was number eight again, over the top. Just was, you know, premise was good, like you said, but just didn't really the the execution didn't really take do it for me. And then obviously number nine, uh, same with you guys. Uh, so uh, Pinocchio in space. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, you know, for me, Village Bride was right smack dab in the middle. It was number five. Um, yeah, the pacing was slow, but there was a lot of things I liked about it. You know, that, like we said, with some tightening up, I think it'd be, a, you know, obviously a much better story. So Yeah, the, the last three minutes of that were fantastic. Yeah, because yeah. who doesn't need a rocket helmet? <laughs> exactly. You know who doesn't need a rocket helmet? Jackson. He doesn't need a rocket helmet. <laughs> So. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not going there. <laughs> so, all right, well, that's uh, took three episodes to do. We did our own uh, trilogy uh, of podcasts to go over Star Wars Visions. So, suck on that, JJ. And uh... <laughs> oh, don't put that vision in my head. <laughs> I just. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was Star Wars Visions. So um, we'll get moving on now uh, to the next part, which is uh, our next segment, which is Collection Corner. Collection Corner, I like it. Col- the recoined as the Collection Corner. Collection Corner. So uh, not only do we, you know, it's a space for updates, but it's also just any other kind of collection news that we may have come across in our journeys. So uh, guys, you got anything? Hi, I'll start us off here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Ian Dis- Ian's Displays. Check him out on eBay. He's got some really awesome acrylic display cases for carded figures, for you know any boxed uh, vintage or even modern uh, s- stuff that you have. Uh, I just bought eleven of the of his acrylic cases for some of my carded figures. Is he the fella on uh, on the IC? The Imperial Commissary? I will have to check. He, I believe he, he is. He might be, yeah. But he's got some great product out there. Uh, everything I've got from him is just, it fits beautifully. It just displays awesome. So I bought a, I bought a lot of stuff from him lately. And uh, so, yeah, I uh, wasn't able to pick up anything for the collection this week, but I did pick up something to protect the collection. I've got the Fett Family autograph figures in the, encased up now, so they're keep them protected most excellent daniel logan uh tamira tamara uh, what's his name J- Django. morrison D- yeah morrison jeremy bullock they have all their autographs figures autographed so i got them all awesome. cased up now and that's it that's pretty much it i mean i that's it. i blew a large portion of cash this week yeah. on a new computer so uh uh, I will probably, if I do do an update uh, or, or if I do up, add anything to the collection, it might be a, I might be able to afford a Pez dispenser next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I say that in jest because there's no way I have the 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 Fett family all autographed and in, in, in containers and and I, I believe I know who you're talking about there, uh, Ian's collectibles. Um, he's a member of uh, Imperial Commissary. I don't know if I can give a shout out or not. They're they're a Facebook page group, and they've got something like 27 sub pages. If you're into collecting, 
uh, the Imperial Commissary is, is absolutely fantastic and it's a safe generally positive place for uh, you know middle-aged nerds and <laughs> I seem to fit the bill so, middle-aged nerds yeah that's what we are I like green rabbits that shoot laser guns um, but you know I don't think I picked up anything new this week but I keep finding Amazon boxes all over my house, and I crack one open at night, and I got uh, I got a Mando and a Baby Yoda retro figures. I forgot I had ordered at some point, and hey, they're on the shelf now. Nice. So, yeah. Yep. And then and there's a whole second wave of uh, retro Mando figures coming out. I'm kind of stoked about if I can get my hands on any of them. Um, but you know, Black Friday's coming up. Going to find some good deals, I hope. I hope so. Yeah, I'm opening Amazon boxes, but they're not Star Wars. Like, like I said, the computer, two monitors, a monitor stand. Like, lose some cash. Yeah, I hate week. feeding the, the corporate monster, but uh, there's things you can. You know, I've been perusing a lot of Facebook Marketplace, and if I if I had an unlimited supply of money, I could have more crap than I could probably fit in my house because you can find anything on there. Oh, you mean like the monstrosity pile of uh, bins in the corner filled with Star Wars stuff that I'll never have a place to display. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got, I've got three complete sets of the 2005 Burger King Revenge of the Sith toys <coughs> that uh, good lord, what am I ever going to do with that? That's a that's hundred little goofy pieces of plastic and like three of them are actually cool that I will display. So if anybody wants a set, you know, you can have one, one of mine. I gave mine Because I'm generous to give away crap I don't want. <laughs> As I sit and look in the background, Scruffy's got a 1978 Kenner Death Star that's making me drool because <laughs> it's so damn cool. And that, is. that was mine from childhood. That is the coolest place that Kenner ever made. I have one tucked away somewhere at my parents' house. It'll go on display soon. I hope so. I can't wait to see uh, the rest of that stuff. What do you got, Brown Leader? What'd you pick up this week? Uh, nothing, actually. Uh, so... No new Funko been... Pops? Nope, 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 nope. Uh, didn't do any of that this week. Uh, just been, uh... <laughs> no 14... Pushing through that book. No 14-inch, like uh, Funko Pop, um, Porg? Nope. Nope, nope. Uh... I don't know why I had yeah, to have that. I'll, I'll have to send you a picture of my son, because, uh... When I got us the, the their very first uh, Baby Yoda ones, when it was still called just the child, and uh, I got him the big one, the 10 inch one, and he's got it on his computer desk where he does all his editing, and it looks really sweet. Most excellent. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. He's got it on display. So. Brownie one, you said? Uh, yeah, brownie one. So. <laughs> that is never going to get old. <laughs> nope. No, he is never gonna live. Never gonna live that one down. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I'm just uh, no. It's been a quiet week for me, and I'm just. Uh, uh, what was that? What was that thing you guys were talking about? The retro figures that you said there was a second sale on them today, or something. Oh, well, <clears throat> um, the original holiday special uh, droids animation video that they had attached to that. The Boba Fett. The R2 and 3PO, they, uh, they made a retro animation set of those figures, but sold out again. 
I honestly forgot about it till about 1.30. The pre-sale was at 1 o'clock. I forgot about it till about 1.30. And of course, I hurried up, jumped on, and realized I'd missed it probably by quite a long shot. I didn't realize that was today. I might have got a set of those. I was going to send a text. I completely forgot about it until, um, until about 1.30. I realized, nope, I probably missed it. And sure enough, I did. But I'm okay with that, because where am I going to put that? <laughs> right. Right, exactly. We all need bigger houses. Yeah. I'm sure the wives will go for that. I'm sure. Um, I'm positive they will. I'll go, upst I'll go yeah. upstairs and run that by her right now. I'll, let you... I'll be back in a few minutes let you know how that worked out. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. You can stay here when she kicks you out, all right? <laughs> yeah. Actually, she did time. offer to uh, turn the entire basement over to me, but... I did decline. There's, there, there's a corner of the basement that um, has bookshelves with our books and the exercise equipment and stuff. And I'll slowly take over over time. You're gonna be like the Empire, huh? Yes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. You watch, playing watch nice. if two little bunnies are gonna come get you. Yeah, playing nice at first and then slowly just take control yep, exactly <laughs> no. um all right well we'll get on to the final section of the show which is uh just star wars news and this week it's kind of a uh, birthday celebration um we're recording this on the 20th of october uh this episode and today is the uh we've had a rash of of notable birthdays in the last couple days and we'll start off with today's which is sam Witwer. Uh, so well-known voice actor in the Star Wars universe probably needs no introduction, but he has uh, he breathed life into Maul in all of the cartoons, uh, animations, and uh, I great piece of I mean, who can deny that the the Maul arc through Clone Wars and Rebels is not just epic, you know, and uh, you know he breathed life into that uh, character. Um, <laughs> You know, yes, and while, while you're on that, yeah. I, I read a piece of clickbait the other day, and I, I cannot verify this, but it was supposedly someone had information about Lucas's original plan for episodes 7, 8, and 9, and they would have included Maul as being the lead villain. I think I read that somewhere myself. And, and he would have had his own apprentice... And uh, Leia would have been the main protagonist while Luke was setting up the Jedi Academy. This would have been, you know, 2006-ish, you know, before the characters were aged to the point where they were in the sequel trilogy we got. But I right. thought that's an interesting concept because we all thought it was goofy when they brought Maul back to life. But here's Lucas supposedly saying, hey, I would have used him too. So... I digress. Yeah. What other birthdays did we have? No, I think that's... Yeah, I read that same article a while back, and I, I, I think that, you know... The, yeah. I think the potential is there, but... Um, the uh, other birth... Yesterday... yesterday sorry. Uh, the 19th of October was John Favreau. Uh, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. He's he's done one or two things, you know. Uh, he did Jungle Book and Lion King, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, minor Baloo, minor Baloo is awesome. Uh, minor roles in the Star Wars universe. Um, and then also on the same day, Vanessa Marshall, who does the voice of Hera. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, Baloo, he's a talking bear, but it's better than a talking rabbit. But you know what? You know what? <laughs> Hera was green, just like Jackson. <laughs> I got nothing. I, I got I got scruffy speechless. How about yep, that? I got nothing. There you go. Uh, and then a couple days ago was uh, Miss Felicity Jones' uh, celebrated birthday. So Rogue One, great movie, obviously. Uh, definitely... One of so is she going to be in the sequel? Uh, you know, I don't know. I did see a picture where they uh, 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 they announced that uh, they were tapping uh, George Lucas to uh, helm the sequel to that movie. And, uh, He's kind of an untested writer and director. I don't I know. know. I heard he writes cheesy dialogue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Would you look at the size of that thing? Um <laughs> uh, so yeah, so and then uh, final birthday wish uh, today, the day that we're recording, actually, uh, one of the super fans on Twitter, uh, who is a big supporter of podcasts, a rural farm boy, happy birthday uh, today uh, from the Alderon A holes. Happy birthday, yeah. brother! So, um, yeah. So uh, and then the only other two pieces that I had really quick uh, were uh, Kamal and Johnny. I think I'm saying it right. He is, uh, I think, a former comedian. He's gotten into the acting uh, world. He, uh, his first, I think, his big first big breakout role was called The Big Sick. But um, he's in the Eternals movie, and he's also got a role in Obi Wan. And uh, this is probably just, you know, unwarranted clickbait. But I saw it on Twitter, and I just really like the idea so much that it could just be completely wrong and false. But it's still fun to talk about. Um, the rumor I saw on Twitter was that uh, he could be playing Kitster, who is the who is the friend of Anakin in the Phantom Menace, the little dark-haired boy, um, which would be kind of cool. Uh, I could dig that. Yeah, have him come back as a grown-up in uh, you know post uh, post Revenge of the Sith. Um, and then the only other piece I had uh, was something I put up on Twitter the other day. Uh, you know, they're coming out with a new movie, uh, another Batman movie, The Batman this time. Um, nip free, from what I understand. And uh, yes. the uh, although, although, okay, so um, I did read somewhere that because uh, Robert Pattinson, who is playing the new Batman, and best known from the twilight movies um i guess when he did the screen test they put him in val kilmer's batman costume oh. to do the screen test i am never gonna get that image out of my head i know right um so uh but the point i was getting to was uh the director of photography who has you know is probably the second most important person on set uh, after the director who has a huge impact on it's the director and the director of photography, the DP, that determines the look and the feel of the film. And uh, I don't know if it's Grieg, because it's kind of it's spelled slightly differently. It's G-R-E-I-G, but uh, Grieg Frazier is the DP for the Batman. And there's a scene in the trailer where you see Batman walking through a hallway, uh, taking out a bunch of bad guys that are shooting machine guns. And... Uh, Mr. Frazier is also the DP from Rogue One, which has a famous hallway scene. So, uh, you know, just uh, uh, thought that was kind of a cool uh, little nerdy 
uh, tie in there, and he's done a lot of Mando episodes. He's done a lot of. Um, oh, he's he did a movie that I saw not too long ago for the first time, Killing Him Softly. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. That's no, a, I'm not seeing that. That's a Brad Pitt movie with actually a really good cast and uh, the guy that played Tony uh, Soprano and. Um, it's got a really good cast, and it's just kind of one of those quiet movies that Brad Pitt did. It wasn't a big blockbuster or anything, and um, uh, it was kind of a cool movie. But um, yeah, so Mr. Frazier, uh, DP, and uh, so Brownie One, if you heard that, uh, somebody else for you to study, because uh, Brownie One wants to become a DP himself in the film industry at some point. But. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got for Star Wars news. You guys, anything you guys got before we wrap up? No, I can't wait to see Snoop Dogg in um, Mandalorian Three. <laughs> did you get that picture? <laughs> yes, I did. I love oh, it. You got me yeah. afraid now. Yeah, uh, I don't know what that's from. I'd be like, for shizzle, my nizzle. I've been seeing that all over, <laughs> all, over uh, all over Twitter. Um, I can bring you in shizzle, or I can bring you in nizzle. <laughs> yes. You did not go there. Parit. <laughs> you know, and if Snoop's going to be in there, uh, Martha Stewart's got to be in there somewhere, too. I mean, Oh, yes. You know, that's yes. all I'm saying. Right, they, yeah, they do everything right. together now, so... She's got to play the She's got to play the bartender, right? Oh, yes. Well, B. Arthur is dead now. And so. she can sing that yeah. She can sing that horribly cheesy uh, B. Arthur song. Um, exactly. exactly. I think that, that horribly cheesy B. Arthur song ought to be our theme song here on Alderaan. Or English. actually, better yet, she should be the spice dealer. Selling dust decks? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and, and, and Snoop is the new marshal in town. <laughs> I, I want to see Martha Stewart going up against Roz from uh, Bad Batch. Oh yeah. There what the go. hell's Roz's character's name? <laughs> Sid. 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 Yeah. There we go. So. I always think of her as Roz. Oh, I know. It's it's burned into our brains now. So. But uh, <laughs> it's forever gonna be Roz. <laughs> it is. So. All right. Well, with that, uh, I think we'll get wrapped up here. Um, if uh, if you've enjoyed the content tonight, you can also follow us on social media, uh, Instagram, <coughs> Twitter. Facebook, uh, hop onto one of those platforms, give us a like, give us a follow. Uh, love to hear from you too. Uh, and uh, oh, next episode, what do we want to talk about, guys? Uh, I was thinking we could do the new uh, terrifying tales. Terrifying uh, tales. Oh, yes. Yeah. Lego Star Wars. My, my kid wants to watch it, so you know we might have there to have a go. guest reviewer here. So. Okay. Uh, that yeah. would be epic. All right. Brown, brownie if it two. weren't past our bedtime <laughs> well, we can do a uh, brownie we can do a child friendly rated G version and do this at like uh, 6 o'clock yeah <sighs> yeah we we'll talk about it yeah. alright All right, so uh, yeah uh, we'll get wrapped up here guys and uh, this is Brown Leader uh, getting ready to sign off and uh, yeah and you have been listening to the Alderaan A-Holes that's, That's no, no moon. moon. <laughs> we are getting better. <laughs> <laughs>